What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 22 of the TLDR podcast. Thank you for hopping on and listening. Uh, we're here, boys. Uh, let's check in with everybody. James, how was your weekend? How you doing? It was good, man. I uh, played two rounds of golf on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, woke up at like 4 o'clock to play 18 holes before football started. That was a lot of fun. My best golf ever. Thank you, Jay, for showing us that new course. Uh, other than that, I've pretty much given up all hope on the Niners. So watching the game on Sunday wasn't too bad. Didn't get too angry. Just let it flow. And now it's the guys. Good weekend. And they just hurt Drew Brees, too. On a really, really good tackle. Wasn't yeah, that was not really. at all. <laughs> yeah. That was gnarly. That was crazy. Uh, Eric, I feel like I haven't seen you so long, man. How, how have you been? Uh, I'm good. Just, you know, the same. Um, I ended up golfing. James is mad at me. Uh, I had to do shit Saturday morning, and I thought when they were golfing, they were going to go early. The time wasn't specified. Then I got invited to golf. Coyotes almost attacked me. And, yeah, I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, you were in the fucking Bermuda Triangle, so that's your fault. It was. You're right. Uh, How how was your – or what do you think of the outcome of the Masters this weekend? Uh, it was actually a little boring just because Dustin Johnson just murdered it. Like basically by like Friday at the end of the day, it's just like, he was already just digging himself into just holding into the first slot and he kind of just dominated, but it was good. But I mean, there wasn't like that much crazy, exciting stuff. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see Dustin Johnson just dominate though. I think Trade and I were, we were, we were watching it. We're just trying to debate who, what his final score would be. Um, I won that debate, so you did. There you go, Traden. Traden, what's what, 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 what was your thoughts on the Masters, and uh, how you doing? I'm good. Um, I it was pretty. It was pretty. I guess the biggest thing is the. Um, it was pretty amazing to see Dustin Johnson finally get you know that that Masters win. Um, it's the second major, I think. Um, and you know, I think it's really special for him because he grew up in that area, like an hour away. Um, like that's where he kind of grew up and, and, you know, lived most of his young life. So um, I think that that was very important to him to, 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 to put that on, you know, put that in his career and, and take that green jacket. And it was really cool to see um, him choke up over that. So I, you know, I love the guy. He's a great golfer. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He's not, he's not so meticulous like someone we know who scored like a triple, like two triple bogeys or some shit. Um, lost two balls is kind of funny um knowing that knowing that the best of the best do it too it's uh, it's always fun to watch that yeah they they pluck up too but they also are way better than us and it makes me feel really shitty about myself yeah. when i watch them play so that's always good true always, that true always that. good to be humbled alex uh mr beer and now wine guy yeah how are you doing i'm great uh you know eric told me to put money on the europeans and an American one. So what's the deal with that? Did you put money on them? I hope you did. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not watch yeah. one single swing of a golf bat. Yeah. Uh, golf? I did. Bat? Yeah, golf bat. I know, it's a cl- I know it's a club. I did check up on the leaders as the weekend was going, you know, that quick Google. Uh, other than that, I'm great. Um, quick question for you uh, athletic trainers out there. Beer is a good pain medication, right? Absolutely. Well, Mentally, it kills germs. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Eric. Yes, just yes. <laughs> I hurt. I hurt my back. I don't know what I did, so I'm oh. in the pain away. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I think just the pour beer on it. Yeah, yeah. Rub some beer in it. Drink beer. Just the more beer, the better. Bathe okay. in beer. Yeah. Got it. Cool. I got. Right. I yeah. I got a lot of beer at home, so we're good. Sweet. Well, we got a good episode for you guys today. Uh, Eric's going to talk about the upcoming NBA draft and the free agency. Everything's going on with that. Uh, James is going to give us his weekly fantasy football waiver picks. Um, Alex is going to talk about the best and the worst uniforms in sports. And Trayton's going to uh, finish us off here with, uh, with the biggest busts in sports history. Uh, so stick around. I got my first World Series Dodgers shirt in the mail today. Repping it today. Feels amazing. Uh, still, still riding high on that. So stick around, and we'll be back with Eric's NBA segment. Welcome back, everybody. The NBA draft is upon us here in November. A little weird, but hey, it's 2020. Everything's just all fucked. But hey, at least we, we have an NBA draft. The NBA season's next month. Starting back all real quick. We got some some big trades that's, that's already happened. We're going to talk about those two. Um, but Eric, take it away. Yeah, so I just want to start off, like, uh, for those of you listeners – we have a group message that we text pretty much every week and we like tell each other coming up with our topics and ideas. So I was like, I'm going to go over the uh, NBA 2020 draft. It's Wednesday night. It'll be perfect because we do Tuesday recordings and the free agent market opens Friday. It's going to be great. And then I see Monday morning, Chris Paul gets traded uh, because the free agent market opened yesterday. So we do the facts guys uh, as you know, we do the facts. So yeah, the free agent market, Open yesterday, not Friday. But let's go over the draft first. It will take place tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. The number one pick will be from the Minnesota Timberwolves, I believe. It will be this guy, Anthony Edwards, who played at Georgia. Um, There's a sports science company called P3 based out of Santa Barbara. They just, like, announced that from their measurements, he produced the most force via accelerations of any athlete they've ever measured. They almost measure like the whole league of athletes or pretty much anyone they can get their hands on. Probably, they don't probably didn't do LeBron and other guys, but they do have some other, you know, big name NBA guys, the Westbrooks and guys like that. Um, But of all the athletes they measured, he had the highest acceleration forces. In other words, he could be one of the most explosive players off the ball. Um, I think that he'll fit in well with the Timberwolves. They're saying that he, he could fit in that system with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, number two pick goes to the Golden State Warriors, Traden's favorite basketball team, apparently. Um, I think they will draft drumroll LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills. Uh, he didn't go to college. Um, he was playing in the Latvian Pro League. But uh, I think he's going to go to the Warriors. He had a private workout with them. And actually, they were set on that dude, James Wiseman, who's a big man center, um, because they need a center as well. But apparently, he he impressed a lot of the players, including the front office as well. Um, supposed to be the best ball player, no pun intended. But with, he's got the most versatile set of skills of the three ball brothers i mean one of them is terrible he's not in the league (laughs) 
The other one is not that good. He got traded from the Lakers. So hopefully this guy does well. Um, I just think his dad just needs to keep his fucking mouth shut, let him play, um, because that was an issue with Lonzo. But, hey, if he goes to the Warriors, I'd love for his dad to just speak all the time and just ruin their organization. That would be great, too. Um, no so I bias. think you're wrong about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure James Wiseman is going to go to Golden State. I don't get uh, why the Warriors would pick up a point guard. Yeah, when yeah exactly. You don't need a point guard. <laughs> you have, don't need him. They have but, guy, Steph Curry. But you need him. a center. Nah, and how are you going to pass up the best uh, center? They'll just the turn Draymond into a center, dude. What if, screw the Warriors. Fuck them. Yeah, Draymond's on his way out of there, by the way. It's going to be Steph yeah, he might be. and Clay, And those two are going to run it. You don't need another point guard. You don't need another ball handling small guy. You need somebody who can rebound for all the missed shots. True. And James also, Wiseman compares to yeah, Andre. That's true. I feel like, like, though, they may have some tricks up their sleeve. Like, they could draft LaMelo Ball and trade him for a big guy to another team. Like, that needs a point so guard like him. You would want to draft you know somebody low for salary cap reasons. You draft somebody low and then trade that person for somebody with a high salary cap number. NBA you, teams or as possible. Yeah. True. Or let's play devil's advocate. Um, uh, I think that the, the Warriors are one of the best organizations of developing guys. Like they drafted right. Curry, Clay Thompson, and developed three of them. Uh, they could do that with Lamelo Ball. Draft him, have Steph Curry mentor him, develop him. But like you said, and then it's what time. is it going to play? Because Steph Curry <laughs> as soon as possible with, with the Warriors. <laughs> He's not going anywhere else, man. He's going to play once uh, everywhere opens back up and the world is normal again. So never. Um, <laughs> let's go to the third pick, Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Charlotte Hornets, uh, to me, I think they're going to pick James Wiseman. We just talked about him. He played at Memphis. Big man. Uh, I think he'd be kind of a good fit with that guy, Terry Rozier, a.k.a. Scary Terry. Um, who else do the Hornets even have? I don't know. Uh, we don't. You don't see a lot of them. You, they don't have a lot of attention. They've kind of been that team. They're like the Philly Flyers of hockey before they made the playoffs this year. Like they're on. They've been on the playoff bubble, like missing the playoffs by a game or two the last few seasons. Uh, they can use a spark. Maybe they draft this dude Wiseman, use him as trade bait with another team that needs a big man like the Warriors. Who knows? And they can get maybe a Dray. I don't know. Fucking who knows? Draymond Green to the Hornets. You might have heard it here first. I don't know if that helps them or not. Maybe it makes them worse. Let's go to pick number four, <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Uh, I'm gonna get crazy here. I think they're gonna draft this dude, Killian Hayes. He's from the German Pro League. He's a lefty point guard. <laughs> yeah, James, it's okay. Let me explain him. He's a lefty point guard, uh, swift and crafty. And he has those signs of a true point guard. Uh, like, and the big giveaway factor, he doesn't have a good jump shot. So he's more of a pass-first point guard. I think with the Bulls, that'll fit very well with that uh, rising superstar, Zach Levine, who fucking made the Clippers look like a joke last year. He was one of the many guys. But um, I think he'd be a good piece to that team, the Bulls. I mean, this is just me being crazy, looking for you know an outlier pick that no one thinks is going to happen. So we'll see what happens there. And then I'm going to go the number five pick, uh, which is the Cleveland Cavs. We'll pick Isaac Poro, this dude from Auburn, a power forward. Uh, not the best offensive player, but he is an elite defender. 
The Cavs definitely need elite defense. They need everything, but they have uh, the point guard. I don't remember his fucking name. It's a Collins, guy they draft. Colin Sexton. Yes, Sexton. He's a pretty solid player. Uh, he's coming into his own good point guard offensively. They need some defense around him. Um, apparently, this guy has one of the biggest wingspans in the uh, draft, but he is also just a solid foundation of defense that they could use, maybe make them not be a doormat team anymore. Um, so I don't want to bore you guys just numbering off all these picks with people we don't even know and know what's going to happen. Let's get to the trades. This is the juicy stuff. Uh, first, right off the bat, Tyler, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, whatever the fuck. He's a good player. The guy with the crazy hair. He just got shipped to the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers traded a first round to OKC, uh, in exchange with Schroeder. Um, it just shows the Lakers don't like to develop people, but I guess they don't have to. They won this year, except for Caruso. He's like the only guy they've developed in in a while. Um, rumor has it Kuzma is going to be shipped away because Schroeder is basically a better version of him. What's your take on that? Yeah, Lakers can't draft for shit, so um, they're really they're a lot better at trading and signing and signing free agents. Uh, that just kind of seems the way that they've developed uh, their championship teams more based on that. Occasionally they'll have a good draft pick here and there that they develop and it comes to their system. But um, so trading away draft picks, I'm not, I'm not so, you know, worried about. Um, I do like Schroeder. I think he's a, he's a very good point guard, especially with the rumors that Rajon Rondo might be, might be walking um, after the season. Um, the, but getting rid of Danny Green a little bit kind of bothers me. Um, I think Danny Green's a much better defender than Schroeder, so I think we lost that on defense. And I think the biggest reason why the Lakers won this year was because of their defense. So hopefully they can find some kind of replacement or, you know. I thought you were going to say Danny Green. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can, you know, come up with some uh, defense to, to make up for that. But I, I, I overall, like, I'm, I think this was a decent trade. Like, wasn't horrible, but wasn't great. So hopefully it works out. Schroeder's a solid six man. I think he'll fit in pretty well with the Lakers. He's going to be their six man uh, right off the bench, I believe. Um, and he was up for six man of the year this year. He had uh, done very well with OKC, keeping them in games. So I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good trade. And I agree with you. They don't, they're not the biggest drafters. So trading away a first round pick isn't that big to them. Yeah. Um, James, Chris Paul. Goes to the Phoenix Suns. Now is going to be playing and mentoring the already superstar Devin Booker. Uh, you covered OKC in the playoffs. You had a lot of good info on them. Good things to say about CP. Uh, does he now make the Suns a playoff squad and a doormat of Western Conference? 100% yes. Definitely. You guys remember uh, like our last NBA thing? And I was like, oh, yeah, CP3 could get traded. And Alex is like, no way. He's never going to get traded. He <laughs> brought that team back. CP3 got traded. <laughs> and now he's going to do the same exact thing, but with a better squad. Devin yeah. Booker, like you said, is a superstar. And they also have DeAndre Hayden. He was a first-round pick. I think he was a top three pick two or three years ago, something like that. But he's he, they're going to get huge dividends from CP3. He's a good leader. He can distribute the ball well. Devin Booker is not going to have to handle the ball. He's going to just spot up and shoot it. And DeAndre Hayden can run that pick and roll to perfection. This Suns team is going to compete for maybe the fourth seed in the West. Um, I'm, I'm kind of leaving one through three to the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors. But uh, that fourth seed is up for grabs, and maybe the Suns might take it. Yeah, 
they're definitely going to be way, way better. They actually, like in the bubble, I think they were undefeated. Um, they still didn't squeeze in the playoff spot, but you know, Booker's never been in the playoffs. Uh, he probably will make the playoffs this year. Chris Paul, Alex, when uh, when James did say that, yeah, I think Alex may have said no because we were saying he's going to go to the Bucks, maybe. Yeah, which would have been crazy. Well, the Bucks um, did get somebody too. They got Drew. Yeah, Holiday. they did. We're going to get to that right now. Breaking news, Alex. I wanted to ask you, Drew Holiday. And the Serbian assassin Bogdan Bogdanovic, what a name, uh, goes to the Bucks. You can tell they're doing whatever they can to keep Giannis there, give him another chance because this is the last year of his contract. They're trying to get him do, to do anything to keep this guy there, get him a championship. Uh, do you think this helps him stay or does he need more guys? I mean, you've got to believe this would help him stay. Um, you know, Bogdanovich is, he's a nasty shooter. That's not what Giannis is. That's not his skill. His skill set is being a giant freak of nature who can just dunk on literally anyone. He's probably the most athletic person in the NBA other than maybe LeBron. Um, and with Drew Holiday, uh, that's a legit point guard, which means, you know, Giannis doesn't have to, the offense doesn't have to run through him anymore. Holiday can bring the ball up. The offense will run through Holiday. He will pass it. They still got Chris Middleton, who's an all-star. Um, that Bucks team, that starting five is really, really nasty. Um, we talked about it. I think uh, we talked about it last week. How they kind of remind us of like James Harden's Rockets or like Lamar Jackson's Ravens. Like we, they still need to prove it. Um, and if their depth, if they you know sign some vets to some depth places that bucks team they might be the the pick to win it all right now yeah they uh they're definitely a good team and i feel like those guys are going to contribute some good nice role players and uh, i agree with what you said i think you know it's like the nets want to if the nets get hard and it's like all of a sudden you have these three superstars do they work together well i guess hard and play with durant but you know i feel like the bogdanovich and uh, drew holidays are a better fit to the bucks like make them just a team that it's going to just win by teamwork, win through the system. Um, Trading. Anthony Davis is still a free agent, I believe. Um, do the Lakers lock him in before the weekend, or does he chase the money now that he's won a championship? Good qu- uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I would think that given the fact that everything that happened this past year in, uh, in L.A., it'd be hard to walk away from, from getting another chance at that. Um, you know, I, I, it sounds like, you know, LA is really good at finding talent and signing it as opposed to, as you guys mentioned earlier, as opposed to, um, you know, drafting and, and, and developing within. And it's clear. I mean, they, they took, they took the fairly handedly this, this last, um, this last time go time around. So I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that he – it'd be stupid for him not to, not to look, you know, look at that and say, you know what, maybe it's time for another shot, even if it means taking a little bit of a pay cut. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we're going to see in the next few days. The NBA world's going to go crazy, especially with the draft tomorrow. But I think the Lakers still got some tricks up the sleeve to get a couple more guys to keep – really, really keep him there or maybe get somebody else that is going to, like, solidify him staying Schroeder's a good pickup. I think Kuzma goes and they get someone else. Maybe they ship off a couple more guys just to, you know, get another guy around Anthony Davis and LeBron. 
I mean, it's not like they really need anything else. They fucking want it. But uh, other trade rumors, uh, anyone want to chime in? Westbrook possibly to the Clippers. I guess I'll chime in first. Um, that, that's a possibility. I don't really know how that would work. But um, if he goes to the Clippers, he's probably going to be the most hated player in the league. Um Because the way he plays already, like, you know, people that don't have him on their team pretty much don't like him already. Um, And nobody likes the Clippers. And if he goes to the Clippers, then they're really not going to like him. But who knows? Maybe it's something that helps out. I don't know. James, do you think that fits or is that just bogus? I think it's bogus. Uh, Westbrook has come out and said that he wants to play like he did at OKC, meaning he's a primary ball handler, scorer, and rebounder. If he goes to the Clippers, that's not going to happen. And we've seen the PG Westbrook experiment happen in the in OKC. It did not work. So I don't, why would he go back to that same thing and add Kawhi, who's gonna have the ball probably more than True. he is? It's just it's not 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 good chemistry wise, not good systematically, yeah. not good overall. He another place he could go possibly the 76ers um, under Doc Rivers, maybe like a Simmons Westbrook swap. Uh, Alex, what do you think about that? Simmons to the Rockets would that help them at all? Uh, if Harden stays and Simmons there, I don't, I don't understand how that would work at all. Uh, they're both primary (laughs) ball handlers. I mean, Simmons can't shoot, which is all the Rockets do. So I don't understand how that would work. I could see the Westbrook and Embiid working much better than the Westbrook Kawhi PG situation in LA. Um, you know, Embiid doesn't need – he's not going to be, the you know, the guy that brings the ball up the court. He's not – the offense is not going to – you know, he's not going to set up every play. But Westbrook and Embiid could work really well together. It just all depends on how much effort Embiid wants to put in because you know Russell Westbrook's going to put in 150% every single game. And Embiid, yeah. I don't think, has really proven that. I mean, if I was Westbrook, I'd rather go to Philly – to then to the Clippers, you get to play in a weaker conference. The East is nothing compared to the West. Um, I mean, the Philly's pretty much already guaranteed a playoff spot. So I could see True. that working. Yeah. Um, one thing, though, Simmons, the, that you mentioned, he can't shoot, but he is a, one of the best uh, defenders for his position. So him going to the Rockets, they're t- pretty terrible at defense. They don't have your favorite coach, D'Antoni, anymore either, who just doesn't fuck believe in guy. defense. <laughs> so, fuck, maybe if Harden were to stay. But let's let's just cut to that. Speaking of Harden, he turned down $50 million a year for the next two years. So, in other words, he probably won't stay in the Rockets. And he uh, said today he wants to go to either the Nets or the Sixers. Um, so, a Harden-Embiid situation, I'd actually – kind of more agree with you with the Westbrook Embiid because Embiid doesn't give his full effort and Westbrook gives more than a full effort. Maybe that evens out with each other. Um, but to the Nets, would that work, Tyler? Or is that just like too many superstars, too many ball hogs? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think, you know, with you've seen these super teams being built um, in terms of winning championships. They A lot of times they seem to work. Occasionally they do not. Um, so yeah, Harden, Harden, Durant, uh, Irving, uh, certainly an interesting combination there. Um, I think it could be pretty lethal um, if if they do decide to do that. Um, so we'll see what happens there. 
Yeah, and then um, we were talking about Giannis earlier. Uh, I, I did actually hear today it could be a possibility the Heat have a lot of cap space open. Um, I think the NBA would just be heated, no pun intended, to see Giannis go to the Heat. Oh, shit, that like, was pun intended. <laughs> actually, it kind of just came up <laughs> off the tip of the tongue and the brain and everything. But, uh, yeah, pun was totally intended there. Uh, uh, it would be like a Durant going to the Warriors after they lose to them in a series, like Giannis going to the Heat after he loses them in a series. But there's a possibility Giannis goes to the Warriors too, trading your favorite team, the Warriors. Uh, could they use a guy like Giannis? Uh, I would believe yes would be the answer. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I would be pretty happy about that. I mean, I've I've joked around multiple times with um, with you know Kylie about that because she's huge. Obviously, they're huge Warriors fans, and I always say, hey, next year. Be honest to the be honest to the Warriors. Of course, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, so I'm probably talking on my ass. But I have heard a little bit of rumors that it could be the case. But you know, that's also probably the the writers over at the over at the Warrior side just hoping, you know, wishful thinking. Yeah. You know, um, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be fun. But you know, everyone would hate him instantly. So that I don't know if I want to see him go through that tampering so you're gonna tamper them up there is that yeah yeah for sure but um, again you know yeah. again you, we see what happens to players who do that and he'd be enemy number one to everybody in this podcast except me so i, I don't really yeah. uh i don't want to see him go through that because he's a good guy there's there's probably thousands more free agents that uh, i haven't covered another like let's go back to simmons real fast another rumor he could go either celtics or the clippers um I mean, going, him going to the Clippers might be a better fit because PG and Kawhi like to shoot the ball, and he doesn't, and he plays defense. Um, we'll see, though. Ty Lue's system is probably going to be a little different than uh, Doc Rivers' system. Um, him on the Celtics, I don't know. I can't really see that happening. I feel like he's just a, another version of Tatum that can't shoot, <laughs> and it's just not as good. Um, one other guy I got, Gallinari, a possibility to the Mavericks just to make them an all-Euro team. Uh, with Porzingis, Gallinari, Doncic, uh, Bon, um, James, you think Gallinari? He's here's another OKC guy. Does he fit in well with all those Euros at uh, Mavericks? I think he does because he's more he's like a Dirk Nowitzki type player. But what I honestly think, I think he's going to go to the Bucks. He wants to play for a, con a contender again. He's played a ton of years and made money. He's will probably take the veterans minimum, maybe a little bit more than that, and play for somebody who could win now. I'm not saying that the Mavericks can't win now, but the Bucks certainly have an easier road to get to the championship. Yeah, that's actually a great take right there. I didn't even think about that. Um, it'd be interesting to see, like, once all these trades happen, we got to throw them up on our Instagram if we're right about any of them. Like, we fucking predicted this the day before the draft. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens, guys. That's pretty much all I got. And uh, a lot of rumors, a lot of things about to happen. The NBA world is about to go crazy. Um, it's already back. It's been like two months and it's already back. Yeah, it's crazy. how I feel like we're still celebrating the Lakers winning and uh, the season's about a month away. Uh, last NBA season or offseason was crazy. It felt like half the team changed, half the league changed teams. Uh, so it was crazy. So there's always a lot going on in the NBA. Uh, so thank you, Eric, for that. Uh, when we come back, James is going to help you out with your fantasy team and tell you who to pick up this week for the NFL. Stay tuned. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody. We are talking fantasy football as we head into week 11 of the NFL season. It's getting down the nitty gritty. Uh, some teams are pulling ahead in our league. Some teams are, it's getting really close. Uh, Alex is no longer the bottom feeder, or he's now sharing the bottom feeder with James. Uh, Fuck yeah, baby. Crazy. Uh, James, so give us an update on our league and tell us Here, who everyone should pick up this week. Okay. Uh, fantasy update. Tyler is in first. Woo! Eric is in second. Traden is tied for seventh. And me and Alex are tied for last place. Yeah, yeah. baby. Two-game win streak. Let's do this. <laughs> but I swear to God, I know what I'm talking about because in my other five leagues, I am in first. So, <laughs> just my, this league, I don't know what's going wrong. Um, so, this podcast is basically for, I don't know, 60% of our listeners because there's only probably six out of ten of you guys who are going to make the playoffs. Me and Alex are not at all. So I'm just trying not not to be last place at this point. Uh, Teams on by this week are the 49ers. Thank God, because we have Friendsgiving, so I don't have to be pissed off on Sunday. The Giants, (laughs) the Bears, and the Bills. Starting off with QB, my pick is Alex Smith, future comeback player of the year from Washington. He's only 3.6 leagues in 10, he had 16 points. Against the Lions, he went 38 for 55 for 390 yards. That's a lot of yards. He's legitimately the only QB in Washington right now. He was a fantastic QB, a winning QB before injuries derailed his career. Uh, he had that gnarly open fracture of his leg that flopped open, got an infection. They almost had to cut off his leg. He almost lost his life. But now he's playing football again. So if you guys haven't seen that picture of what his leg looked like, you guys should look it up on Twitter or on Google to put Alex Smith's leg. And be prepared because it's pretty gruesome. He lost a lot of muscle. And they took some skin out of his hamstring or something to make up for the lost skin in his leg. There's also an E60 guy should watch on Alex Smith. It's great stuff. <clears throat> anyway, back to, you know, fantasy stuff. Um, he's a very good QB, and the fact that he broke his leg doesn't really mean too much because his skill is based on his mental processing and accuracy, not on his legs. He's never been running QB, he's been a pocket QB. Interceptions in a, er, in a season since 2010. Like I said, very accurate. 390 yards is groundbreaking. He had the most passing yards than any QB in Week 10. Um, The TDs will come. There's going to be a lot of positive regression. It's very rare you throw over 300 yards and not get a touchdown. So those numbers will come in fantasy. It'll help a lot. Over the last two weeks, he has 715 passing yards. Up next, they play the Bengals. This is a team that's given 21 pass TDs on the year. And that includes week seven when Baker Mayfield had five touchdowns. The go. Baker Mayfield's trash. Trey had five breath. touchdowns on his team. Deep breath, buddy. <laughs> Eric, Ryan Tannehill underperformed for you yet again. So what do yeah. you think about Alex Smith? Um, so I got a quick little story. Uh, my first ever NFL game was Niners-Rams at Candlestick. Alex Smith uh, ended up getting hurt that game. Uh with concussion, Kaepernick was given on for his first game. Uh, one of my current bosses now, Tommy, was an AT with the Niners that year, running out on the field when Alex Smith got hurt. Has nothing to do with really what we're talking about, but I just thought I would mention it because we're talking about Alex Smith. Uh, I will not pick him up. Um, I do love his story and his return to the NFL. They said he could probably never play again, but he's proven everybody wrong with that. Um <sighs> I'm still going to put my faith in Tannehill. I'm still somehow pulling pulling through, finding ways to win. 
I had Tannehill and the Colts D last week. It basically evened out because they played each other. <laughs> um, but I think Alex Smith, uh, he did good last week. He will do good again this week against the Bengals. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. I feel like his confidence really isn't there, but I hope, you know, the best for him. But I will not be picking him up. They don't really have weapons besides the running back, I believe, on the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin, dude. An elite talent at wide receiver. Okay, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> him. They have a weapon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, okay, is he going to throw to him every time? Probably, but, <laughs> you know, I'm just not going to pick him up. <laughs> um, Alex Smith is currently QB number 40 after only appearing in three games and starting in one. Given his recent production, do you think he ends up as a top 25 QB at the end of the season? Mm, no, I don't think so. Daniel Jones, man, he's he's the new quarterback of that division. He's going off, fastest guy in the league. So, oh you know, I, that has, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to happen with Alex Smith. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to halfback, a running back. You got Salvon Ahmed from Miami. He's owned in 7% of leagues. In week 10, he had 16 points. Against the Chargers, he had 21 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. He also added one reception for five yards. So, Matt Breida and Miles Gaskin is on IR, and Jordan Howard was just released because of Ahmed's stellar production. He's a true workhorse back of the Dolphins because of his 21 carries, and no other back really touched the field. He plays within the system, and he fits the kind of running back that Brian Flores wants, and that's one that can get outside the tackles, make one cut, and start running downfield. He can also catch the ball really well and is a really great route runner. He's not the Derrick Henry type that, is just downfield no matter what in between the tackles. He's small, but he's nifty, and he's agile. Uh, the way the Dolphins' defense is playing right now, it lends itself to a lot of positive game scripts where the Dolphins are leading, so there's more running opportunities to run at the clock. Therefore, more times for Salvon Ahmed to be on the field. Up next, they play the Denver Broncos, and that's a defense that's been ravaged by injuries. Last week alone, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker had two touchdowns each, and they both played for the Raiders. So that's a pretty soft defense. Um, Salvan Ahmed scored one touch first in his career, but he's hungry for more. Uh, Tyler, you should have fallen in love with all the Dolphins running backs and are in the midst of Spaghetti Gate 2020. Mm -hmm. What is your going to tell you about Salvan Ahmed? Another Dolphins running back that I like a lot, especially this week's matchup, uh, Week 11. Uh, past that, I'm not sure if he's a, a, he's a great long-term option because Miles Gaskin – uh, supposed to come back around week 12. Of course, that can change. Uh, I think when Gaskin comes back, he's still going to get the majority of the touches there with the Dolphins. Um, but for Ahmed in this week 10, week 11 matchup, um, like him a lot. I think he's a great pickup. Um, a lot of times with these running backs and wide receivers, receivers, you're looking for guys to pick up for guys on by, um, some guys that are getting hurt. So um, Ahmed, I think, is a great, great pickup. Um, so if you're looking for running back to fill in for by, pick him up um, but like I said I think long term I don't know if he is the uh, best choice. Uh, he was the number 14 scoring running back in week 10 is to push the top 10 running back this week against the Broncos. I think so I, 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 I like this matchup a lot um, I think he's taken this opportunity and run with it I think he's uh, he's feeling good playing well um, like, like you said against the Broncos defense I think that will give up some some rushing yards um, I think he can be in top 10 for sure. If you were to predict how many points he scored, what would it be? 
Um, I'm going to go with 18.2. Does that include any touchdowns? One touchdown. Sounds like a good prediction to me. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to wide receivers. We have Michael Pittman Jr. from Indiana. Uh, he's owning 5% of leagues right now. In week 10, he had 19.2 points. Against the Titans, he had seven receptions on eight targets for 101 yards and one carry for 21 yards. He has been active in only six games this year. He went IR for a little bit because he had compartment syndrome in his legs meaning they basically had to cut his leg open because it swelled up to the point where blood and nerves and stuff were dying. Still pretty serious, but now he's out and playing and he's doing really well. Uh, he's shown to be one of Phil Brady's favorite targets. Um, he's had 15 targets in the last two weeks. He had 28 targets in six games total. He's a big-bodied, sure-handed wide receiver who fights for the catch, which is great because Philip Rivers likes to throw to the other team. The Colts like him enough to make specific plays for him. As you saw, he had a 21-yard reverse sweep in the second half. Wide receivers don't typically run the ball, but if your play caller makes running plays for you as a wide receiver, they want, you're a playmaker and they want to get to the ball any way they can. So therefore, he's probably going to be a big part of his offense for years to come. Up next, they play Green Bay. This is going to be a very high-scoring game. The over-under is set at 51.5, which means there's going to be a lot more passing opportunities for Michael Pittman to catch the ball. Alex, as the fight not to be in last place continues, what do you think of Michael Pittman Jr.? Yeah, uh, two-game winning streak. I'm going to keep that rolling, Braden. I'll see you on Sunday, my man. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Pittman Jr. So if you're the unfortunate person that drafted T.Y. Hilton – Trading. Trading. <laughs> beer mile, beer mile. <laughs> and you are looking for a replacement. Um, you know, he is a rookie. You do have to bank on the Phillip Rivers gonna throw at least one to one to five picks. Uh five picks. Five K, not five, obviously. Um, you know, he's he's an interesting pickup. The like you said, the the over under on this game is what, fifty one? 51.5, 51.5. So, like, you know, we're expecting a lot of points to be scored during this game. Uh, the Packers generally don't give up too many points to wide receivers um, in the fantasy game, so they could be a little bit of an issue for you. You're saying that, that the fact that they're calling rush plays for him, just kind of like the Rams do for Robert Woods, that brings a lot of added value. Um, if you, they think they're going to uh, run plays specifically for him, um, go for it. If you're looking to replace someone that's on a buy, uh, you know, if you got Stefan Diggs, the bills on buy, pick them up, see what happens. Um, I would say like max, like a flex position though. Um, so do you think you'll outscore Devonte Adams in terms of fantasy points this game? Last um, week he did. Devonte Adams had 18.6 while Michael Pittman had 19.2. Okay. Well, that's a very small margin. And Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. So, no. Okay. Even though they have Alan Lazard back, so now there's targets that go all the way around. Yeah, he's still Devontae Adams, so no. Okay. That's a good take. I wonder if he does. <laughs> you know what? Um, you, you text me Sunday evening and we talk about it. Sounds good. Like if I don't need to make some money back somehow. Sure, five bucks. Five bucks sounds good. Cool. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to tight end. Tight end's always a tough position, but I'm going to go with Logan Thomas again from Washington. He's owned in 20.2% of leagues. 
in week 10, he had 10.6 points, which was, I think, the fifth highest score for a tight end. The highest was 13. Miserable. Against the Lions, he had four receptions on six targets for 66 yards. He has plenty of opportunity. He has the third most targets on the team with 52. And it's like not even close because the fourth most is Antonio Gibson with 30. So he has 22 more targets than the next person. It's crazy. Alex Smith is very accurate, but he doesn't throw it very long. So he likes to throw it short, which means tight ends and running backs will typically get that because tight ends run shorter routes. Next, I mean, and I really, really like the Alex Smith and Logan Thomas stack going into this next week just because it's against the Bulls. And those two are probably going to be priced very low. So DFS, if you're doing DraftKings, think about making that sack happen. Um, like I said, up next, they play the Bengals, and they typically give up north of six yards per game to the tight end position. Traden, you're still in the hunt for the fourth spot, and Darren Waller disappeared on you last week. And technically, Thomas has outscored Waller by three points over the last four games. What do you think about adding Logan Thomas? Intriguing, um, to say the least. I mean, I think I agree with you on the, fa- on the fact that I think Alex Smith and Logan Thomas are kind of getting a little bit of a groove going. Um, we saw that last couple, uh, last few weeks here. Um, I, I really like... Uh, I really like that aspect. And really what I like the most is probably the, the, the matchup. I mean, you're playing a Bengals team that, it, that is given up the second most to tight ends in the league. So it, it's a, it's a team that, you know, is giving up points like, like it's candy to tight ends. So, and the fact that Logan Thomas is becoming the, pretty much the, the best options there, Eric, there's actually options that, that Alex Smith has. Um, I, you know, he's intriguing. What, whether I would replace him for um, Waller is it, pretty tough. Um, I think Waller is a better talent. I think, and you know, you're right. He hasn't had the the production numbers, but um, I don't know. I, I have to I have to stick with my gut and stick with Waller on this one. But I think that Logan Thomas is you can you can do a lot worse if you're looking for a tight end. Um, and I I'm willing to bet that following the end of the week, I don't think Logan Thomas is going to be, um, you know, he, he, we wouldn't be talking about him. I think he's going to be over 50% owned come, you know, Thursday. Brandon, let's make a bet. Joe Burrows plays better than uh, Alex Smith this weekend. I'll take Burrow. Okay. I put Burrow into my lineup trading. Yeah. $5. $5. That's fine. I'll take Alex Smith on that. Okay, that's cool. Uh, one more question for trading over there. So do you think that uh, Logan Thomas's production increases as Smith begins to get more comfortable in that offense and playing football again? Yeah, I start throwing downfield more. Definitely. Um, and, and like I said, he, that, that connection's already starting to to sprout. And with Alex Alex Smith gaining a little bit more confidence as the weeks go by, you know, coming off of over 300 yard week, I mean, that's that's just gonna that's just gonna bode well for him. He's a high quality red zone target. Like you said, the touchdowns are gonna come. Um, and he's been he plays 86 percent of the, of his team snaps in the last bit here. So he's on the field a lot. He's gonna be targeted a lot. Um, you know, I I think I think. Like I said, I, I think that he, it's going to bode well for him, and Alex Smith is only going to trend up along with him. All right. Thank you for that, Traden. So last but not least, we're going to go around the clock here and see what the guys have to think about their favorite wire, favorite wire picks. Tyler, let's start with you. 
Yeah, an interesting one I got here for you guys. Uh, Rex Burkhead, running back for the New England Patriots. Kind of a boomer bust guy. Not really know what you're gonna get. Um, but if you're desperate and you know trying to find somebody, twenty uh, second ranked running back, owning thirty two point thirty two percent of leagues. Uh, week eleven matchup against the Texans uh, could could be a guy that gets you a lot of points. He had twenty two points last week. Uh, so never know. Eric. Um. This is might sound bogus, but I'm gonna go with Jameis Winston. It's his, uh, <laughs> it's his first game, first game playing as a starter with the Saints. Who knows? He might throw a couple picks, but he might throw like six touchdowns also, or like yeah. run a couple in. Maybe he throws like one pick. I'm gonna say he gets three TDs, one pick. Jameis Winston. Alex, uh, I'm talking about our go- our boy, the Dragon, Jalen Ragor. He's back. Uh, you know, we talked about him. I don't know, however many weeks ago that was. I'm losing track of time here, but uh, he's back. We'll, we'll, you know, we were high on him on the, at the preseason. Uh, you know, he's only owned in like 30% of leagues or something. Go get him if you need a, if you need a wide receiver. Andrew. Um, I'm actually going to take yourself on a mid. Um, it's not very often that you, can, that you're, that you get the op- opportunity to pick up a starting running back on the waiver wire, pick him up. Thank you. And that concludes my segment. Thanks for listening. Thank you, James. Great as always. Uh, Really excited for the Beer Mile Watch 2020. James and Alex, excited (laughs) to see how that pans out. Uh, When we we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the best and the worst uniforms in sports. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. If you want to play good, you got to look good. Uh, that's the rule. So we're going to talk about sports uniforms here. Uh, there's been a lot of them throughout history. Some have been great. Some are timeless. Some are new and fresh. And then you got everything in between. Some were, were a little bit horrible. Some of them still are. So Alex, take us away with our uniform segment. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Uh, so I did this kind of in honor of the NHL releasing these retro jerseys for this upcoming season. Um, I was going to talk to Traden first because he's our NHL guy, but he just yelled at us uh, when we were off air, and now I kind of don't want to. Uh, <laughs> <Fair> no, <enough>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, so what I asked the boys to do is pick uh, their a current jersey that they really like, a current jersey that they don't like, and then you know talk about some other retro jerseys that they maybe dislike or also you know want to bring back into the fold. The one rule I had, I hope they follow this, is that they weren't allowed to to pick their favorite team so damn it james were you not I'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding okay. bro i'm just Dude, reading, <laughs> reading is hard so like i get it <laughs> um so traded because this is an honor of the nhl uh please don't yell at us but why don't you start and tell me tell us what you got well the best jersey it's it's tough but i, yeah. I think the most classic best jersey would have to be the Chicago Blackhawks. No. They're, they're really <laughs> that. No. As much as I hate them, um, the logo is awesome. It's timeless. It, they haven't changed much because they don't need to change much. Um, you know, they're original six team and they haven't, you know, it, and, it, and they've had the same jerseys ever since. And, and, and mo- you ask anybody you, or you put out a poll, you know, for most NHL fans, they're going to say the Chicago Blackhawks are one, are one of the best jerseys in the league. 
The worst jersey in the league, by far, is the current Anaheim Ducks jersey. It is absolutely atrocious. It is terrible, terrible yes. colors, terrible logo. They they need to completely redesign everything. Um, and that is that, that they need to happen. That needs to happen like yesterday. Okay. okay. Can I chime in on on a, an NHL jersey? Yeah, please do, Eric. Uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, they kind of their logos like similar to the old Redskins. So what if they called them the Chicago Hockey Team, Traden? And also. The uh, retro Coyotes jersey. Yes, the Kachinas are. Oh, those are fire! Right those there. are fire. They're so fire. They're so fire. fire. Actually, yeah, let me. One. I'll say this. Yeah, me too. My favorite jerseys of all time are is the '90s and early um, 2000s jerseys from the Ducks, the Coyotes, and the Sabers. Um, those particular jerseys are just. I wish they bring them back. They need to bring them back. Um, Ducks fans, I know I, I like your new retro jersey. Everyone else hates them. Well, nope, they're, they are they are um, the worst retro this, this jersey. The I worst do wish. Yeah, the Sharks cool though. Really, the bad. Sharks went so clean. The Sharks, the sharks oh, jersey. Way. I actually so kind of like the Sharks. I hate the Sharks. Oh, like, dude, it's the, the best of them all. It's the no, best. Of them. No, oh, no, it's so the worst. Not. Settle, settle down no, there, child. No, it's not. <laughs> Name a better one. <laughs> the all the other, all of them over the Sharks. The best one is the Whalers one. Okay. Let's okay. Go that one. Yeah. Go on. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Go like on. the Sabres one. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, that one, though. Okay. Wow. This got way more heated than I was intending <laughs> to get, and I'm kind of digging it. Um, something I do wish before I before mm-hmm. I end. Something I yeah. do wish the Pittsburgh Penguins would do is bring back their blue jerseys. They ha- um they okay. had their original jerseys that had the they they were that um light blue. Um, they brought them back for the fir- very first Winter Classic. Um. And I think they need to bring that back. I don't really like the the yellow and black. They need, I love the blue though. It's so nice. Okay. We were talking before you were trading was a little late, everyone, just so you know. We were talking about how we do like how Pittsburgh, all their sports teams are black and yellow. So we might have to kind of stick with that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. Fair enough. Um, we're gonna go in a totally other direction real quick here. And in honor of the Masters. Uh, and because there's five of us and there's four major sports, I'm going to Eric because he's our golf guy. We're going to talk. I don't, I don't know how you want to do this, Eric. I'm going to let you kind of run it. But I was, I was thinking like best or worst style yeah, on the, that's what on I was the PGA Tour. Um, but take it away. Let me hear what you got. Did, did you see uh, those – the thing I sent you guys on Instagram? It was like a concept, like jersey for golf. Yeah, it looked yeah. terrible. It well, looked yeah, like soccer. Looked, that looked <laughs> really <laughs> bad, yeah. <laughs> Never. It looked really bad, but I just I wanted to bring it up. But yeah, I'm glad we all agree. Uh, the best uniforms, in my opinion, that I saw, biased uh, Puma. I like the Puma golf stuff, uh, specifically Ricky Fowler, of course. Um, he also has that Sunday orange outfit. Uh, you didn't really see him play on Sunday because he did bad, but he made the cut. Um, they got a bunch of new crazy designs. They're kind of just getting weird with it, but I like it. Some floral-looking polos, pineapples, um, different colors like light green, pink, sky blue. Their pants, I got to say, are phenomenal. I've had a pair for, like, the last five years and use them as, like, work pants. And, like, going out, you can kind of get away with it. Super comfortable. You could run a beer mile in them if you wanted. Um they got some nice uh, golf shoes as well. They're coming out with, like, these retro-looking ones. They already have, actually. They look nice because, you know, we had to talk retro here. Um, the only the knock on Puma is that DeChambeau hat that he wears. It's like that painter's hat, whatever the fuck it's called. It's like a Peaky Blinders hat. 
Yeah. What's it called? A beret. A beret. That's uh, not a beret. No. It's not a beret. Not, who the fuck? Todd, what's wrong with you, man? I don't know. It's not a beret. <laughs> it's a beret. Yeah, a Peaky well, Blinders hat. That's a great way yeah, to describe it. Wow. It's the Peaky well, Blinders hat. Like that's a, a like great show. Cap or something. Yeah, know. it's a yeah, great it's not a baseball show, hat that DeChambeau wears. Not great. Um, the worst <laughs> golf uniform to me would be Bubba Watson. Uh, he wears, if you don't know, look it up. He's got this terrible ping visor that he wears all the time. <laughs> it's horrible, but he's sponsored by Oakley. Um, Oakley has some good shit, but uh, yeah, the, the ping visor, he's got to get rid of it. And this dude, Dylan Fratelli, um, who was doing well in the Masters, he's all Oakley, and his outfit was slightly questionable, I must say, also. Eric, the big debate right now for the past month has been hoodies on the golf course. What is your take? Mm. <laughs> I would love it. Hoodies I do too. Okay, I'm not alone then. I'm not <laughs> yeah, alone. No, hoodies I think that's the most comfortable thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, it can be a nice hoodie. It doesn't need to be like, oh, LA, you know, Lakers hoodie. Like, fuck that. Like, I don't <laughs> want any like crazy well, lines, but a clean, well, a clean hoodie, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. Some people are, you know, some crazy people are like, we need to maintain the integrity of the game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. Nah, hoodies are the way to go. I'm you know sorry. what Rory, Rory was wearing in yeah. one of the random tournaments? I think the Thousand Oaks tournament, Tyler, it yep. was the three-button hoodie. So it's like a mixture of like Henley-looking hoodie, but it, it was great. They need to bring that in. Get it Glad in the you mix. agree. Yeah. Okay. I, again, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. I don't give a fuck about golf. <laughs> but that is one of the problems with golf, just like one of the problems with baseball, is they're too stuck in their traditions. And, Trayden, I think you can agree with me on this. I'm 100% down for people to wear whatever the fuck they want on the golf course. Yeah. Go for it. You I know, think they need to like, also allow shorts. Yeah, just like Tyler said, you you know, you look good, you play good. So sombreros. Yeah, some you do, do whatever you want. You <laughs> yeah, shirt off. Great. You know, suns out, guns out. Do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go. So let's go to James next. So football. Uh, so you couldn't pick the Niners. I hope you listened. <laughs> I did. So I took it a little bit different. Okay. I did best and what's current. And then best and worst retros. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so we'll start with the best. So right now, I think the Atlanta Falcons have the best jerseys. Wow. They came out with this new set as of this last year. And it's like the all blacks they have. It's super clean and super sleek. It's like simple, modern, and very minimalistic. And it's easy to match color combos when it's black, white, and red. So the way they're running it right now is really good. I also like the Vikings jerseys mainly because I love the color purple. That's my favorite color. And so I like how it's like they have a cooler purple, purple and gold combo. So it kind of reminds me of the Lakers. So that's always nice. The worst jerseys, I think, is hands down the Browns. Why? Why is the helmet orange? Can somebody tell? They call the Browns. They have an orange helmet. It, it makes zero sense to me. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And <laughs> I was talking to Tyler. I was like, "Why the fuck? Dude? Why? Why is it orange?" And he couldn't tell me. So I guess nobody knows. Answer. What makes the color brown? <laughs> is it yellow and orange? Yeah, all the colors together. All the colors together. Together, oh, I thought that was just black. a big poop, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big poop. Yep. <laughs> anyway, it's just like their jerseys. It's just the color, their name, and their number, and has nothing else. Zero substance. It it matches their team because their team is a piece of shit. And so what was their jerseys? <laughs> what is a brown? Dude, it's a turd. Dude, it's literally a turd. Why do you think? Baker how do you think the phrase is? I'm taking Baker the brown Mayfield. to the Super Bowl. Like, like when you're taking a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. It's the only time they ever see the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
Oh <laughs> shit. Uh, the o- other team, other jerseys I don't like at all are the Jags, because teal. Why teal is a weird color to mix with a jersey, mm. um, mainly because it's it's white and black and teal. Can you mix that? That's a ah. that okay. So those really dark <laughs> black and some light teal doesn't really work, man. Oh, okay. Okay. I like interesting. Them. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with Jags, you, but interesting. I kind of like the Jags uniforms. Yeah, I do too. I don't like. I don't like that the helmet one. they had. That that helmet they had that was like black in the front and like gold in the back. Yeah, that was oh, dumb. Yeah, that was gross. That was dumb. But I like their jerseys this year. That's fair. Okay. You know, to each their own. Yeah. Okay, James. <laughs> so these least retro ones. I, I okay, think you're, I think you're very retro. strongly. Strong. You feel really strongly about one of these. Oh yeah, the Steelers. Okay. What the fuck, man? Those bumblebee looking prisoner scheme looking pieces of shit. It's like black. It's black and yellow, and it has stripes, and it's, it has big white squares in the middle of it where the numbers are supposed to be. It's a rugby it's shirt. Rugby, man. We're playing football, not rugby. Rugby didn't rugby come first though? So it's like an homage. British shit out of man. here. Soccer. We won the war. Oh, <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, everybody. We won the war. Fucking man. Oh, Lord. Uh, other retro jerseys I don't really like are the Packers. It's like this old school Calabares color scheme. Um, and it's basically just one solid color with a circle. And it has your number inside the circle. Mm. But the best retro jerseys are the Dolphins. I think this is the best jersey, football jersey of all time. It's a classic color scheme. It's simple, elegant. It's from the 1970s. It also had the blue face mask along with the helmet. It's classic look overall. It's iconic. If you think of football before 2000s, that's what you think of. And also the Rams. The Rams old school jerseys. The dark blue with the yellow. Easily top five. Uh, it, the dark blue complement the gold perfectly. And so those are my jersey choices. Okay, question. For the Dolphins one, is that not also teal? It is blue. That's teal. <laughs> Which is teal. <laughs> <laughs> black. It's blue quiz. There, there is no black. Oh, fair enough. Oh, you don't okay. like teal and black. So it's the teal and the teal black. And black that's the issue. Okay, so it's weird. not just the color. Got teal. it. Got it. You know what the worst uh, jersey is? Is the Seahawks the neon green? Oh, no, dude, like the Seahawks the white have such pants. clean jerseys, man. Yeah, I actually don't like that. Okay, <laughs> if it's the like, color rush, if it's yeah. color rush, that's sick. But if it's the neon with the white, that doesn't work. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the color rush is like kind of a whole other thing. I feel like that's a whole separate podcast we could talk <laughs> yeah. about the color it rush is, yeah. like uniforms. Yeah. Uh, okay, Tyler, baseball can't pick the Dodgers. Let's hear it. Yeah, that was a bummer because that is my favorite uniform. Um, well, that's why I but, fucking made these Yeah, rules. so I didn't I make the Dodgers. <laughs> no, it's a classic. Um, so my favorite, and it's going to be obvious what my favorite color is, my favorite current uniforms in baseball right now are the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I think they just have a really clean, great look. They brought back that classic Blue Jay logo with kind of a modern, more twist to their uniforms. Uh, the uh, powder blue Blue Jay uniforms, I think, look great. Which is good because for a while there, the, the Blue Jays had this kind of really weird, like cartoonish uh, uniform, and it just didn't really work very well. They had a lot of black, and it was just re- really weird. So they went back to their classic, you know, just blue and white, and it looks really, really good. So I, I, I love the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, a couple honorable mentions I want to throw in there uh, St. Louis Cardinals, classic, timeless jersey. Uh, Oakland A's, I think just a, um, always a clean look. Uh, Yankees, again, just classic. And then the Chicago Cubs, I think those are 
my favorite uh, jerseys overall. Uh, the worst to me uh, is the Miami Marlins, uh, which is saying a lot because before they changed it this year to the black and the neon blue and uh, red, uh, those jerseys were awful. They were just these weird orange and teal and like every kind of color from the rainbow just put into a, to a jersey and it looked horrible. Uh, they did a little bit better, but it's still the worst in baseball, uh, mainly because their logo is black and their hat is black, so you can't see the fucking logo. <laughs> if you can't see the logo, what's the point of having a logo? Yeah, that's kind of stupid. That's kind of crazy because it's like a neon blue, neon red, and it doesn't pop, which is like, what, what's the point of it if it doesn't pop? Um, so I think the Miami Marlins still have a long way to go to figure out their uh, uniforms. Um, a couple honorable mentions for worst ones, uh, Cleveland Indians. Um, they're going through a weird thing. You know, the Indians in, the, in that kind of uh, logo they had is kind of a little controversial. So now they just have these like really random just block letters and it just looks horrible. Uh, the Texas Rangers, I think they're just, they're too much blue and too much red at the same time. And it just, it's like pick one, have a primary and a secondary. It just looks really weird to me. Uh, Houston Astros, cause fuck them. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, uniforms, I think are just all over the place and they're just dumb. Which these are fire. Tyler, yeah. Would you, Eric? Now, at risk of getting hit through the screen, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I remember if you said this as an honorable mention for a good one, but is it just me or are the Yankees like a classic baseball I, look? I did, I did throw the Yankees in there as an honorable mention, and yes, I agree. that. Okay. The, Sorry. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't remember that. Yeah, but they are good. classic. But yes, the, the Yankees pinstripes is classic. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful jersey. Um, so yeah. my throwback that I want to bring back yeah, yeah, Arizona Diamondbacks, the purple and uh, teal uniforms. That's what um, I meant. Yeah, early those, yeah. those, those were Is there black in there, though? There is black in it. Uh, so, James hates them. James hates them. But it's not like the primary. It's mostly purple with some teal in it a little bit. And it just it looks great. And they had a, I don't know why they ever changed it. Now there's just boring red with like this weird neon blue in it. And it's just really weird. Um, they they won their World Series in those purple and teal uniforms. Why, I don't know why they ever change it. They they need to bring those back. Um, so yeah, that, that that's what I got for baseball. Okay, um, I the Kelly green, which is like the light green Oakland A's uniforms that they came out with the last couple of years. Fire, yeah, so legit. Um, the from the existence of the San Diego Padres to now. <laughs> They have never had a good jersey. Not one time in their existence. They're all terrible. I actually so kind of like their ones. I kind of like their new ones too. <laughs> well, I disagree. I think they're all terrible. The they're brown just ones. Like, they're just <laughs> brown. brown and Those are brown gross, gross, dude. No, they're terrible. Okay, I'm sorry. I, at, first, at first, I didn't like them. I thought they were horrible. But the more I see them on Ooh. the field, I actually am kind of growing into it. And I think yeah, I, I like them. Like them. I like no, I, the more I see them, I'm like, dude, you, you're in San Diego. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. You can't come up with a better design than this. It's, it's that hard is to make brown look good. It really exactly is. why you shouldn't do it. We just talked about how the browns <laughs> but I think, terrible. But I, think, but I think currently, like the way the pods are doing it, they have the brown, but I think they really emphasize the, the gold in it. Yeah. I feel like I see a lot of the gold pot more than the brown, so mm. I feel like it works okay. Obviously, it's like it's brown, so you can't. You can only make brown look so good. Um, 
but I, but I, I think, yeah. I think, I think of all the Padres uniforms that they've had. These yeah, are, they're pretty bad. Well, okay. All it takes is piss yellow. Yeah. So yeah. like, they're not UPS drivers out there. They're professional That's, baseball yeah. players. So <laughs> yeah, the, I, uh, I'm out. I'm out on the Padres uniforms. Um, I'm gonna go real quick through my basketball ones, and you guys feel free to chime in. Uh, the best uniform I think is this might be a, kind of a shock. The Port- Portland Trailblazers. The blazers across the front, the font is legit. The red and black stripe going down from nipple to dick, you know, perfect little, <laughs> perfect little, little stripe right there. I think the blazers, they've stayed that way for a long time. I think they're really classic. The differences between home and road are not super crazy. Uh, I think their, their jerseys are legit. The worst jerseys, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Back in the day mm. in the Chris Weber. Mike Bibby, Peja Stojakovic days. They have those sick black jerseys with the big Kings kind of uh, like almost like royal riding on it. And all the fans would show up in black uh, out there in Arco Arena. Those were legit. The, these new ones, I, they, they're close. They needed something else. They're literally just like white jerseys with the purple Kings across the front. You know, uh, unfortunately, the Sacramento Kings have been the joke of the NBA for like forever and they needed something they need something different i'm just not a fan of it they do also have some baby blue ones i know tyler you're just saying how you're kind of a fan of some of those baby blue mm-hmm. i'm not a fan of those uh i went to a game last year when they were wearing those and i was like are we at like a you know like a 10 year old basketball game like what the fuck's going on here like this is a professional <laughs> nba team um and hands down the retro jersey the nba needs to bring back is the vince carter toronto raptors with the full dinosaur on the front. Those are legit. I don't – the Raptors jerseys now are, like, actually not that bad. But, like, dude, you're the Raptors and you had a sick-ass dinosaur on the front? What do you do? Purple dinosaur, a little red back there? Fire. Yeah. Those, those, those Raptors jerseys need to come back. Uh, you guys got anything on basketball jerseys? Yes. Um, the best jerseys in the – The best jerseys <laughs> in the basketball of all time is Toon Squad. Done. Done. Okay. <laughs> Done. What do you think? What do you think, Trayden, about the? I don't know if it's official, but like the, the new one, LeBron ones we've seen. You want me to start ranting? Because it's fucking awful. Okay. It's the that's worst thing I've ever asked. seen. We it we're is. not even sure if that's like a real. I don't know if that's like a for real thing yet, but I'm curious. Well, well after I saw the jersey, I yeah. I wanted to rip my eyeballs out. It okay. Was, it's wor- It's the worst okay. thing I've ever seen. What they're is not, it? They're like half orange and half. Blue, like teal light blue colored i think it enrages me okay i do have for you so you guys know a bugs bunny tune squad onesie it's probably <laughs> one of the best purchases i've ever made in my entire life oh my god uh, may have to run the beer mile i might have to oh, yeah. if i yeah i might have to uh the uh, worst yeah uh i don't even know if it's a red show but the you know those jazz jerseys that are like brown orange yellow fucking Variants combined into one. Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Those are the worst. Those are it's like the Cleveland yeah. Browns mixed with the Bumblebee Steelers <laughs> mixed with the Diamondbacks' newest jerseys. Yeah, all together. I one. think I think what we've decided here is brown is not a color you should be using no. on your uniform. I yeah. think that's what it comes down to. And so don't only, be called the Browns. Yeah, and don't be called the Browns, or you're just they're just shit jokes. Are just yeah. gonna you know. <laughs> Start brown do don't have you. the same color as shit. That's a pretty easy rule to follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, let us know if you guys have any other ideas uh, of bad ones. <laughs> we lost oh, bye, trading. 
Later. Later. Just got Later. so Later. rattled. He just got he just <laughs> himself out. Uh, but, but I'm done with I'm done with comparing these two. <laughs> All right, thank you, Alex. That was a fun conversation. Uh, when we come back, uh, if Trayden comes back at some point, uh, we're going to be talking about the biggest draft bust in sports history. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome back, Traden. Uh, dipped out there for a second, but we got him back just in time for his segment. We're talking about the biggest draft busts in sports history. Traden, take it away. Yes, so in the uh, the NBA draft that's coming up, I wanted to kind of go around, you know, around all the sports that we kind of cover and, and, you know, find out what everyone thinks about, you know, their specific sport that they cover and their uh, the biggest draft pick busts in you know the history of that sport um i might i i want to learn a little bit about that because again you know i as you know i'm largely hockey oriented so i don't know much about the draft picks of other sports so this was a learning experience for me um and it's always fun well it's sad and also fun to see you know some of the best of the best that were considered to be you know game changing or team changing turn out to be completely team changing in the wrong way. Um, you know, it's always fun to kind of go back and see where they are now and see what, see kind of what they did. And, and I guess we'll start right off the NBA. Um, I asked Alex, I believe I asked Alex to take the NBA. That's kind of what yeah. he's been kind of following. So Alex, what in your mind are the biggest pick bus? You can pick one. If you have multiple, go for it. Whatever kind of comes to mind on your end. Yeah. So I have two. Okay. Um, one is a little a little dated and one's a little more recent so i kind of that's how i kind of went about it um so we'll start with the older one uh sam bowie yeah he was the if for if you guys don't know uh he was picked second overall in 1984 sandwiched in between uh in between uh hakeem olajuwon i'm 90 percent sure who's number one pick am i wrong yes he was yep okay number one pick hakeem olajuwon number three pick I think you've heard of him. His name is Michael Jordan. Uh, he was also picked in front of John Stockton and Charles Barkley, two other Hall of Famers. Um, you know, coming out of college, Sam was one of the, you know, highly touted prospects. Uh, he just could never really stay healthy. You know, if Michael Jordan didn't turn into his Aaronist, you know, the GOAT, all goes, it might be a little bit different. Um, but that one, that one's tough to live down. Uh, if you if you picked him and you you could have had Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, and you didn't get him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then my second one, a little more recent, kind of the same same uh, situation. So it's Greg Oden. He okay. was picked number one overall, picked one spot ahead of Kevin Durant, who pretty fucking good at basketball. Uh, and Greg Oden, same thing. His knees just gave out on him. Um, he only played a grand total of 82 games in his career where Kevin Durant's won an MVP. He's won two uh, finals MVPs, including two finals trophies. We can talk about the merits of that later. Uh, but Kevin Durant is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Um, and, you know, the Trailblazers just really screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, so those are my two, um, but there are, the NBA has quite a few, but yeah. those are the two that I, that I picked out. Oh, call me Brown, dude. 
Yeah, I was about to say him. Kwame Brown was was one of the ones I thought about. Um, Talk about the epitome of our achievement there, James. That was was a good one. Um, It's kind of funny because, you know, Michael Jordan was a big gambler and he he gambled big on this guy because he was, I think he was like part of the ownership, right? Or part of the Mm -hmm. GM. Yeah, he handpicked him. MJ handpicked Kwame Brown, yeah. Wow, did he strike out on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The dumbass also rejected a $30 million contract um, when he got into free agency after his three rough seasons. And I, I mean, you didn't, I mean, you would have been inked that and you wouldn't have had to do anything. Like you haven't done anything already and you were going to just keep, be given $30 million. That guy is not only an underachiever, but he's also a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, Sambo, I guess Greg Oden kind of reminds me of my pick for the NHL, but we'll get there. Um, you know, it, it's amazing how scouts go so far into saying this kid's going to be, you know, they go, they, he went back all the way to high school and said, this kid's going to be generational. He's going to be huge. He's going to change everything. And he completely doesn't. And then you look at another player who got drafted behind him and he becomes you know, Kevin Durant, um, who's one of the best in the league. So um, that one's always interesting. But um, I also had Anthony Bennett in there. I don't know if any uh, – yeah, that's a big Cleveland one. Cleveland Cavaliers guy. Yeah, I thought about him too. First overall from Canada. He's from Canada, yeah. Did nothing. Absolutely yeah, he did nothing. Absolutely nothing. He was um, on the Clippers G League team last year. Yeah. So. After being a number one overall pick. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, James, um, let's move over to the NFL. Uh, what do you got? I actually have three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off with a really easy one that's pretty much going to be in everybody's board, and that's Jamarcus Russell. Hmm. Drafted to the Raiders at number one overall in 2007. Uh, he's such a piece of shit. Um, he <laughs> skipped out on his first training camp because he didn't get the contract he wanted. So the Raiders finally was like, fuck it, we're going to give you the contract you want. So he signed a six-year, $68 million deal with $31.5 million guaranteed. Didn't really pay off. Uh, he's known for being lazy and on drugs all the time. Throughout his time with the Raiders, he was all about codeine and purple drink. So he was high. <laughs> and uh, he didn't like to practice. Did you guys hear about that blank DVD story? No. Tell it. You guys haven't. So uh, the coaching staff didn't think that Jamarcus Russell was learning his plays or using the playbook. So they gave him a DVD, which was blank, and had him watch it over the weekend. And when they came back, the coaching staff asked him if he had watched it and what he had learned. And he just decided to bullshit everything. And say he learned seven different plays when there was nothing on that DVD. So Jamarcus <laughs> Russell, piece of shit. He played for three total seasons, amassed 18 touchdowns to 23 interceptions, and also added 15 fumbles. Dude, for a number one pick, really did not do anything at all. Next on my list is uh, Trent Richardson. He was drafted to the Browns at number three overall in 2012. I personally loved his game at Bama. He, was, he looked like one of the best running backs of all time coming out of college. But for some reason, it just didn't translate to the NFL. He couldn't really read blocks or read the holes that were given to him. He'd oftentimes run into his blockers as opposed to around his blockers. He had a solid rookie year, but he never got to that level after that season. He played for four total years. He had 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure AP had 2,000 yards in one year. But that's that. And then lastly, this is special, near and dear to Eric's heart, but it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. He was drafted to the Bears, number two overall, 2017. He was benched for Nick Foles in 2020, 
he wasn't even active for this last game, which is crazy because Nick Foles did end up getting hurt, but then to put some guy, Tyler Bray, I think, in there because Mitch Trubisky was inactive. He's appeared in 42 games over four seasons. The reason why I think he's a bust is kind of the same ideals as Alex. He was picked before Pat, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson's two future greats right there and to pass on those two to draft up because he, the Bears had the third overall pick, but they traded with the Niners like the second overall pick. So they traded up a pick and drafted Mitch Trubisky when you had multiple pro bowlers still on the board and Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were there. That's just that's just a bad pick. I don't know if Mitch Trubisky will honestly ever play another snap. But that's wow, that's, that's big. He also, they were playing Cousins last night, too, of all teams. Yeah, and he dominated. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I had Johnny Manziel. I think that's kind of obvious. Oh, yeah. um, I I thought you were, when you said three and you said everyone's going to have this on their list, I'm like, well, he said that. So at least it's someone new. Um, that's kind of the biggest one that I, you know, that kind of just comes to mind. Um, I think he's, is he in the CFL now? I don't think he even made it there. Like, I think oh. he got cut from that. If too. you can't make it in the CFL and you're a former, like, what, is he Heisman? Did he win Heisman? Yeah. Yeah, former Heisman, can't even make it to the CFL. You're you're a joke, bud. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, all right, Tyler. Yeah. Baseball. Baseball. Just give us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going there. Baseball. All right, so, uh, baseball is a sport. Um, but, yeah, so biggest bust with baseball. Uh, I, my number one bust of all time for me, Brian Taylor, uh, first overall picked of the 1991 draft by the New York Yankees, which first of all, crazy that the Yankees ever have a number one overall pick. Um, that's astounding to me. Um, but there you go. 1991. Uh, he was considered one of the best high school prospects of all time. Uh, MLB super agent Scott Boris to this day still believes he was the best high school prospect he's ever seen. Uh, signed him to a $1.2 million contract, which at the time was a, r- a record for a high school prospect. Fuck ton of money for, for a high schooler. Uh, his first two seasons, the Myers were very good. He made it all the way to double A, uh, looked pretty promising. But in the off season, after his second season, the Miners got into a fight, fight in a bar, dislocated his shoulder, and was never the same after that. Uh, he never saw big league time and retired in 2000. Uh, so just a waste of talent, a waste of a potentially amazing career just because he got drunk and uh, fucked up his shoulder. So that's just a real, real shame there. Uh, my honorable mention is uh, Danny Goodwin. Uh, this dude was drafted number one overall twice. Uh, first by the White Sox, uh, declined and went to college and played in college and then was drafted number one overall by the Angels. Um, and this dude was great in the minor leagues and looked amazing in his minor league career, a 313 average with 129 home runs. But for whatever reason, it could not, could not translate to the big leagues. Uh, he only played six MLB seasons, was never a everyday starter, and he accumulated a total war, we talked about this last week, of negative 1.7. It's pretty rough. Oh. I mean, <laughs> the, the – these stories are just amazing to me. I mean, I, I, you know, I, do you, do you kick the, do you kick the scout for not figuring it out? Or, I mean, is, or is it really that hard to pick talent? And, you know, I I tend to lead to the latter. I think, I think it must, it's insanely hard to, to pick talent, you know, Um, especially nowadays when there's so much of it, 
Um, you just don't know what you're going to get, especially in some of these cases, it's, it's individuals who maybe were not so great in the locker room as well, which kind of led to some attitude issues. And, and, you know, I think James said there's, you know, one of yours, you just said there was a piece of shit that just didn't want to play. Um, and that just, you know, it, it's a, it's toxic for a, for a locker room. Well, finishing it up, Eric, take us to the NHL. Let me see if we have the same ones in mind. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know we were doing more than one, but I also, well, if you have I one, got, that's fine. Yeah. I got a, a big one for you. You probably have it on your list. Oh, I, it's, it's the number one. I know it's the number drafted one. by the Oilers in 2016. Jesse Pujarvi. Okay. <laughs> Did not Actually, expect the Oilers, that, but the Oilers okay. have a bunch. But yeah, this dude Pujarvi. Uh, it's Pujarvi. But okay, Pujarvi scored it. He scored his first goal with the Oilers in his first game. Traden was probably so hyped on him, so hyped that he was sent down to the AHL, the Always Hungry League. Twenty-eight games later. Because he didn't do anything for 28 games after that. Uh, jack shit, in other words. Since then, he's still been getting paid by the Oilers. Uh, held out on his contract last year, demanding more money. So what did the Oilers do? They paid him more money this year. Uh, $2.35 million, two-year contract, hoping for the best. He hasn't done anything for the Oilers and has been on the Bakersfield Condors pretty much ever since 2016. Two other notable mentions, uh, the New Jersey Devils, 2017, Nico Heashier. Um, not okay. a good player. Not a good player traded. I don't not know. A, not a, a first-round draft pick. Okay. He's, he's going to be a bust. <laughs> My other pick, this is like a future prediction, Jack Hughes. Oh, my. By the Devils. Uh, <laughs> possible bust because look possible. at his brother on um, – Quinn Hughes on the Canucks, very, very good. Already showing signs of just being solid D-man for many years to come. Jack Hughes, I'm, I give him one more year. We'll see how he does. Who's the other Oiler guy trading? I know. I know. Um, um, well, first of all, I want to rebuttal on <laughs> – I, I would have agreed with you last year on Yessi Pogliarvi. Um, I think that this year he's given a chance with new management and new coaching – um, I think that he's actually really determined to play. And I think he's actually going to give it his last, you know, last bit run for his money right now. He, I would put him, I do agree. He is in bust territory right now, but he has the opportunity to be what, what we expected him to be, but the ultimate, the penitential, the, the worst bust of all time is nail Yakupov. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody yes. know who nail fucking Yakupov is. That guy is it, exactly. This guy was, was expected to be this. I this guy was expected to be similar to you know they they saw him as someone like a uh, uh, um, like a not Connor McDavid. We're we're talking someone like a um, Nate McKinnon or you know someone someone of that stature, right? This kid this kid has you know I, I he got maybe 0.5 points per game early on um he got driven out of the league and he is playing in the KHL right now um and he was considered the to be the savior for the for the Edmonton Oilers back in 2012 the worst of it all and what really rubbed me the wrong way was his very first goal in the NHL was a garbage goal off a rebound in a regular season overtime game 
against, I think, the Kings. And he skates all the way to the blue line from the, from the crease, gets on his knees, slides across the whole fucking ice as if he just won the Stanley Cup. And it was the worst first goal I've ever <laughs> fucking seen in my life. And I'm embarrassed as an Oilers fan to have ever had him on my team. So that is the biggest one by far. Um, Pietro was another big one um, that just never took off. He was supposed to be a huge savior for the Islanders. Um, um, but, you know, that th- those are those are big ones. Eric, I think... Nico Hirscher is a little early. I think he's. I think he's a solid player, but I don't think he's a complete. This is last player. year to determine. A, we'll a bust to me is someone who's you no know, not playing in the league. Yes, Ipoliarvi was playing in uh, in Sweden. No, I'm sorry, in Finland um, last year. So um, under our payroll, How which is awesome. How the fuck do you know that? <laughs> uh, trust me, I know it all. Um, I knew you would know about this guy, um, and you're still paying him money. Well, he's still under our payroll. He's still a restricted free agent. Um, but I think that – well, here's the reason, Alex, I know who he is because he was a first overall – I mean, he was one of the you know, first overall picks. So you're, you keep tabs on those guys. Well, I mean, um, just the fact that you know he's play, playing in Finland of all places. Oh, I – dude, we've part. kept up tabs on this guy. He, he's <laughs> no, a big we're, deal. We're so I, let's see if he's a big deal. Watch this year. He's going to play. I hope he plays with Connor McDavid and lights it up. Um, the biggest issue we had was he was the, the language barrier. He never really figured it out. So hopefully he can establish that issue. What about Jack Hughes? <sighs> Jack yeah, Hughes. I, I second year, right? Yeah. He's only yes. played one year. <laughs> Jack Hughes is what are you tough. doing, bro? J- Jack Hughes is tough. Um, I'm being a heart of. You're you're pretty rough. Um, comparing him to his brother, they're completely two different players. Quinn Hughes, you're right, is better at his position than Jack Hughes is. I will give you that. Um, and I think people were higher on Jack Hughes in the beginning. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a bust yet. I think it's a little early. Um, you got to give him a few years. Um, but you're, you are right. His brother is definitely better in his position by far. Um, but yeah, I mean, that... that you know, these are all good. Uh, these are all good picks. Um, it it really amazes me. You know, the process of you know picking players, drafting, trying to um, you know create a player out of out of these draft picks and see some of them exceed, or some see some of them exceed expectations and do great things. Um, some come out of the shadows that are like, where did you come from? I don't even know. I didn't even know who you were a year ago, and now you're a superstar or some of them that just completely fall from grace. Um, but that is, that is my, my segment this week. Thank you, Traden. Definitely a list you never want to be on. No. Uh, so <laughs> thank you for taking us through those. Um, and that's going to conclude episode 22 of TLDR Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the support. Make, make, make sure you like us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, not Facebook. We don't have a Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on, <laughs> subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, other than that, have a fantastic week and we'll see you later.